Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about getting blindsided, um, you know, preparing for the unexpected. Uh, every once in a while, I like to, you know, kind of go back and put things in perspective and and revisit, you know, things can, can definitely catch you off guard, you know, as preppers, we like to be in control. I think that's, that's the big thing we like to plan and, and know that everything's going to work out and have the uh, contingency plan. I think the big thing is staying calm. Um, You know, just kind of, all right, Hey, all right, this happened. You know, it's funny. I I see guys at work and, and their equipment will break or something like that. And they, uh, they kind of freak out. They walk around, they're kicking over garbage cans. Damn it. This isn't, you know, cause I don't know if it's they have their life set to such a tight schedule that, you know, any little delay or unexpected thing is going to throw them off. And I'm like, you know, you get to punch out at the same time. It's okay. You know, you don't need to, the world isn't going to end, you know, and especially if your stuff breaks, it's on me. It's my problem that you haven't gotten what you're supposed to done. You know, it's not on you. You don't need to, you know, but people, people are thrown by a curveball, you know, just anything out of the norm 
tends to, you know, knock people on their ass. And I think, you know, as we get older, you know, the, you hopefully get wiser, right? You, you get where you're kind of calmer and can deal with things. And it's that calm, all right, what do I need to do? And how do I get this fixed? Attitude instead of flying off the handle and defeated. Um, so many people, I think, go there in their mind where they just get defeated and you just can't, you know, handle anything. Um, so, you know, we were kind of thinking about this last week at the last minute, uh, I think Saturday morning or actually Friday, that pipeline went down and, you know, you started to hear the news really Saturday morning at best, you know, it really wasn't even everywhere. It's almost Monday, but uh, anyway, you, you, you know, something just catches you off guard and, and you're like, oh, you know, normally I do have some gas cans and set up, but, you know, maybe the gas is old because it's the end of the summer. Or, yeah. Or, you know, at the end of the winter and you haven't been using it every day, or maybe it's the middle of the summer and you just cut your lawn and, you know, and that took five or six gallons or who knows, you know, and, and your little stockpile is, is gone. Um mm-hmm. These are the kind of things and it's all right. Well, one, you know, it's important to understand your environment. I I think that's really what, what it comes down to, you know, what are you dependent on? I think if you have like a set plan, um, you should kind of in your mind, all right, what do I need? You know, I, I need X amount of dollars a month to be able to pay my mortgage and my bills and buy you know, groceries. And we look at ways to, you know, offset that. Um, And I need, you know, food for my family specifically. I need, you know, water for them to drink. I need, um, I don't know what else, maybe transportation is really important here to get to work, you know, that kind of thing. You know, think of the basics that matter to you and your family. And obviously there's core basics of, all right, if my house burns down and I have no shelter, you know, that that's a core basic, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or drinking right. water. And I would like to add being able to go to the bathroom is a core basic. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, everybody can piss in the woods, but, you know, you'd rather not take a crap in the woods is, is really, you know, a realistic thing. You know, you'd like your your water and your plumbing to work, you know, your septic to back up. I mean, you can't really plan for that, but you kind of can. You know, you can get your septic tank pumped out pretty regularly. And hell, if you're really worried, you can get somebody to come inspect it once a year. And I don't mean just the levels, although they can do that too. But uh, make sure, you know, that things are flowing out properly and and look into things that can be uh, looked into. So something to consider. Anyway, think of the basics and the core. And I would think you want to have a plan for that core, you know, stuff. And are you going to have a, be able to deal with it and then start to expand as your money and resources allow, you know, a backup plan for everything. So if you're on municipal water and your water comes in from somewhere, well, do you have drinking water and whatever? But what if your toilets go out? I mean, if you can't flush your toilets, especially when you wake up, you go take a piss and you flush the toilet, that first flush is already gone. 
you know, you don't even have the backup because now, you know, you got a problem when you go to wash your hands or whatever, or brush right. your teeth, you know? Um, and, you know, you don't know. So do you have a plan for like water storage? I mean, I guess one of the things got me thinking about it now too is, is I woke up to no water yesterday and I have a well. And um, so you have, you know, the well pump and all that. Um, and you wake up, you know, how much water storage do you have? Yeah, I have enough to drink, but I don't really sweat water storage too much because I have a surface well <clears throat> that I could drop a bucket in and pull water out but it's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, that wasn't the first thing I did was go crack that open and fail the toilets. I was like, right. Oh, dollar generals up the street. I can send the wife to go get, you know, six gallons and whatever. Cause yeah, it's a lot easier. Be- it's always, yeah. It's always a lot easier to send the wife to do something rather than have to do it yourself. So the like, you know, that's tip number one right there. That's tip number one. <laughs> there there can always be consequences to that though. You you might pay for that for a long time later. Um, but <clears throat> so anyway, so there's that. Like you know, think of the the alternative. Now, I have some fifty five gallon drums. I have a lot of space. I'd been planning on filling one up for you know, kind of the bulk water, and you know, I mean, honestly, it could be all right for drinking water and stuff. But I mean, even easier having something to flush toilets. You know. Having right, something right. for um, maybe if I'm super paranoid, I could build an outhouse out back. You know, I don't know. I got a big property, whatever. I mean, you know, these things, I'm, I'm just saying think outside the box. I'm not saying, well, yeah, you should just go have an outhouse. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. But I mean, I'm just saying, you know, think of options. Think of things that you can do to cover the downside. Um, and again, if you're right in town, maybe you have a bathroom right next door you can go use. You know, maybe you're you're near the McDonald's or the, you know, Starbucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have that resource available to you. Um, same thing. I sent the wife to go get some water. And then <clears throat> one of the neighbors was out walking their dog and, and came over, which is weird because I haven't seen a neighbor in forever. And she came over and she's like, oh, look, you guys are working on the well. If you need water or anything, come over and use mine. And I'm like, oh. I didn't think of that. And, you know, <laughs> so the wife, yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things you want to have like a broad network of people. Right. Think of the people available to you. Um, again, my neighbor uh, used to be a plumber and I can kind of do everything myself and I don't really, you know, go to, but I fumbled around and wasted time that I maybe wouldn't have had to had I gone and asked my neighbor you know, hey, can you give me a hand with this? Because I figure everybody's got their weekend. They have their own stuff they want to do. You know, I don't want to throw a wrench in his. And he saw me out there working on it and like came running over. I guess when the wife went to go get water from a different neighbor, he was like, hey, what's going on? You know, I came they back. Spread the word, huh? Right. And it was like, they don't oh, cool. see your neighbors don't know you're an asshole yet. So they're still friendly. <laughs> see, maybe staying away from them was the better move, right? Uh huh. Because now they didn't know. And then he came over, and like I said, he shaved, you know, two hours off my time because he knew, you know, right where to go look because this is something he's done before, you know. And I'd actually mm-hmm. changed to a well pump before, but I'd always dealt with like the submersible and 
where you don't really have to worry about priming it and different things like that. And there were a couple of different aspects that I didn't really understand that, uh, right. you know, he got me there again. I would have got there. It's not, you know, I, but getting there in three hours instead of six hours. Mm-hmm. And I have to point out that it's an hour drive to Lowe's from my house and an hour drive back. So that might have something to do with it. Um, yeah, my, my <laughs> big problem with, with plumbing is always that I get the, uh, I go to the go to Lowe's or Home Depot, I get all the stuff I need, and then I get back, start working on it, and realize I don't have all the stuff I need, and I got to make another yep. trip. You know, it's it's one of those things though. Is like, uh, you know, planning for the problems that that you might be facing right. um, is is really part of the the issue. Having having the proper tools, knowing where your tools are. How about that? You know, I I had a, an issue with uh, with some plumbing not too long ago. And my plumbing tools were in three different boxes, three different yes. toolboxes. Yes. That's no goddamn good. I had to go through and, you know, last weekend I actually had to go through and make a, a toolbox for electrical stuff, toolbox for plumbing stuff, you know, and, and get my things separated and, and have things where they're supposed to be. So when I need them, they're where they're, where they're you know, they should be instead of, God, no, maybe they're in the garage, maybe the basement. I don't know. You know, I... I I have problems like that sometimes where I just, uh, you know, you get working on a project and then the tools go in the box that's next to you and you don't, you know, you don't have things organized. Um, so keeping thing, keeping your equipment and your tools organized really is a big, uh, a big leg up when it comes to unexpected situations. I, I think being organized is huge. It really knowing where things are. And then also when you know where things are, it's easier to kind of eyeball an inventory, like know what's there and know what's still available and what you might be falling short on. But I think organized is huge. Um, I actually, it's ridiculous. My property has several like outbuildings and things like that. So I have my house, I actually have another house that's with it. That's, you know, it's an old fallen down farmhouse, whatever. It's not, I'm not like fancy. I'm just, I have different places. I actually mm-hmm. keep a fair amount of tools in my pickup truck just because, I don't know, it's closer <laughs> to where I'm working right. usually. going to be where you're at. And then I have a barn. And damn it, if last night I'm like, oh, I, I need two pipe wrenches to pull this thing apart. I know mm-hmm. right where one is in my plumbing section. But I have another one I kind of use for random jobs that I picked up cheap at like tractor supply or something. It's kind of junky, but it works, you know. And right. uh, so I go to the my house and I look, I go look in the pickup, I go look in the other pickup, I go look in the White House shed. And the thing right. is, here's what got me, because it could be somewhere else, I don't look super thorough in each place because I'm like, oh, I don't see it here. It's probably in the other one. So right. I think I made the loop like three times between <laughs> the bar, the house, the truck and back and forth and i'm like ah but that's what happens i mean and that's why being organized is really kind of crucial to but you know i and i think you know i kind of want to go back a little bit back step here and you know having a backup plan for each thing so we talked about different ways maybe to take a crap or different ways to get water you know like i said i plan on you know I really have to get off my ass and, you know, set up a 55 gallon drum. And like I said, long-term 
I have a way to get water anyway. You know, I have a well where I can just slide the top off and drop buckets down. You know, it's like you imagine an old well, you know, with, you know, the big three foot wide and whatever, you know, you can utilize it. And I mean, really long term, I plan on setting up like a pitcher pump, you know, and, and setting that up to, you know, where I can just hand pump it right out of there into a bucket. Um, my original plan was to maybe put a second well pump with the second well. And, uh, I don't know, actually after talking to the plumber guy yesterday, he was like, you have so much water here, you know, based on the tag and the, you know, gallons per minute and all that. He's like, don't even bother. He's like, unless you're worried about your well pump failing, you're mm-hmm. never going right. to run out of water. And I'm like, you know, my wife's like a farmer and, you know, we use water. And he's like, no, it's not, it's not going to matter. Don't worry about it. Right. And so I was like, cool. You know, it kind of gave me peace of mind. But again, I'm still planning to get like a pitcher pump or something to make it easy to go to the second. And that's, right. that's something to think about because, you know, like I said, I could have, you know, slid the top off, but you're talking about a four inch, you know, concrete cap that needs right. to be moved off and get a bucket in there. And it just, it was like, eh, I don't want to do all that. You know, it's easier to just run up the street, but again, it's a backup plan, right? Y- you know, so long-term I had a plan, but for something simple and easy, it made it tough. Um, then think of, all right, so I need a backup plan for my food and my cooking, right? You know, right. Um, do, do you have the grill? Does the grill maybe have a side burner, you know? Do you maybe build some kind of outdoor thing that, you know, I've always, it's funny, right before I left New York, I just finally got around to some kind of fire cooking and, and like that, you know, options for that. And now I have to figure out a new at the new place, you know, but building Mm -hmm. yourself like a wood oven and things like that, you know, when you have a weekend and time for, you know, a project and some money to throw away, cause you know, we make money hand over fist, you know how it is, Mm -hmm. but you know, have a plan for alternative cooking and preferably one that's not too hard. That's the thing too, is the too hard, you know? Right. When um, your power goes out and you, and you have to do some cooking, you get the grill fired up, no big deal. And then you realize you're down to a quarter of a tank of propane and you don't have a backup tank. Uh, one of the biggest things I could say about having a grill is have two two propane tanks at minimum. I usually keep four because I'm a, a retard. But, you know, just get two, have one full and ready to go to swap out and make sure you refill that one, you know, that one you right. pulled off there as soon as you can. You know, right. you have to have a backup for, for your backup. That's all I'd say about that. There's nothing worse than, than grilling half of a steak and then having to go inside and use the broiler on the oven and it just ruins the whole the whole aesthetic, man. You have to, yeah. you know, you have to be able to swap out and 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 uh, get that grill going going quick again. And if the power's out and you're out of propane, guess who else is is you know at the store buying up all the propane before you get there? Everybody else that's out of power, you know. Um, a lot of those things are are you know you think of them as an inconvenience, a pain in the ass, but when it comes down to it like i said the power's out that can be a real uh you know a real uh problem if you don't have a way to cook your food right um so another thing to point out is history kind of repeats itself 
So I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people with their preps and, and with everything end up kind of chasing their tail. And, and what I mean by that is like, it's, oh, now there's a gas shortage. I'll, I'm going to run out and buy a ton of gas or, oh, right. there's toilet paper shortage. I'm all over. I got tons of toilet paper now. And it's not really that way. I mean, one, yeah, you should, you know, learn from that and say, hey, I'm going to keep toilet paper. Hey, I'm going to put some gas aside, but kind of look at a pattern. You know, if you find yourself always reacting to things, it's not the way to be, you know, start to look at, at the bigger picture, you know, know your environment, know what's going on, you know, know there's hackers out there that can take down the power grid that can shut off water, hold municipalities for, you know, ransom. Um, you know, cause I feel like people are like, Oh, toilet paper. Oh, ammo, there's no bullets. And they're always right. kind of after the fact, running out and right. buying all spending the different stuff. Of, yeah, spending a lot of money on all the stuff that's short that there's a shortage on. You know, you obviously you want to buy before there's a shortage and you don't know what's gonna what's gonna be uh, in short supply. Um, right. you know, that's why you act like an idiot like me and just buy everything and then right. you're all set. And that's, that's another thing too, is we understand you have a finite amount of resources, right? right? So, you know, you can only buy so much of everything. You can only buy, you know, every, you know, food item and whatever. But what I would say is plan to cover the basics. That's where you need to be. What's important to you? What really matters? And that's, I think too, go through the shut off your electricity and see what happens. You know, it's doing those practice dry runs that you realize where you're falling short, you know, Hey, water kicked my ass or, you know, Hey, going to the bathroom kicked our ass. When we realized we couldn't flush the toilets, we had a big problem. Uh, we had nothing to drink. Um, all our food went bad in the fridge and our fridge was super full, but we don't have anything else, you know? Right. Um, when you go through the trial runs, you realize where one, what's important to you, or, you know, if you're unwilling to do that, at least kind of take note of what people do every day, you know, go through, Hey, where are we spending our time? What's important? You know, what's, what's going on? These are what's going to bring it to your attention and you're going to, you know, realize and see, you know, what's yeah. going on. Um, okay. So anyway, that's, you know, you got to go through it where you understand what's important, but once you do that, it'll give you a better idea of where, you know, you need to put your resources and you know what your options are. But again, having friends, having a backup plan, maybe even having somewhere, Hey, I can go shower, you know, over there. Um, I, I know, uh, in New York in the summer, we used to have some kind of pool set up in the back. And it was, you know, one of these like 18 foot Walmart, you know, kind of pools with whatever, but you know, that's like 300 bucks or something. And, but again, having that water there, having a place you can go kind of clean off. No, you don't want to be using soap out in the pool and whatever, but you know, when times are desperate, you do what you got to do or whatever, but you can go kind of get cleaned off and then rethink, you know, if you want to change the water in the pool or whatever, but you know, that's, these are things having the backup in the contingency 
Um, what else? I have so no. Well, let's let's talk yeah, about fuel real real quick because uh, yeah. obviously we've all seen the pictures of the retards. I, I know I'm not supposed to say retards, but what yeah. else do you call somebody filling up a trash bag with gasoline? We've all seen the pictures of of people just doing stupid things. Uh, yeah. How many car? How many pictures of cars have you seen burnt up? in the in the past uh three days because somebody filled up something stupid with with fuel and then got in their car and lit a cigarette and and the whole damn thing burned up um anyone that if you're filling up a a trash bag with gasoline you've got about maybe two three minutes before that that gasoline dissolves the plastic so you know hopefully you didn't get it in your car before you did that before that that burst open and hopefully you're not a, a fool that would fill up a trash bag but there i saw so many bad ideas people filling up buckets uh rubbermaid bins you know just foolish foolish things now um, i like the rubbermaid bin better than i like the plastic back grocery store bag though i gotta but how, how do you even get it out of the rubbermaid bin into anything else like how are you filling up your car from the rubbermaid bin the whole thing is just just <sighs> so so if you haven't got them, maybe now is not the best time to buy your fuel containers. Uh, give it a few. Give weeks. it a month. I'll give yeah. it a month. Yeah. But, but when then, you're buying your your fuel containers now, there's two two major uh, sources that talk about this in the, the U.S. government. You know, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, says to store uh, no more than one to five gallons of gas. Uh, so I'm just going to disregard them. The National Fire Protection Association suggests limiting your gas storage to 25 gallons. That seems right. that seems somewhat reasonable. All right, so sounds reasonable. It's weird. My generator actually has a 20 gallon tank on top. I'm like, really? That's good. They're That's not messing good. around, you know. Uh huh. Now, for a thing like a like a generator, or if you're filling up your fuel for for use in your car in case there's an emergency uh if you're not you know if it's fuel you're not using all the time uh you want to get some sort of a stabilizer in there yes and it's very inexpensive it'll make your gas last for years and uh it'll run it'll run fine you know what i mean let's say let's say a year and a half i don't know if i would say years all right but but you want to have some sort of a fuel storage, even if you don't have a lawnmower and you're not cutting your own grass, even if you're not using it for other equipment, you want to have a little bit of fuel available yeah. to you stored somewhere. Um, um, well, here's here's the thing. If you're going for the real long-term f- fuel storage, and I, I hate to do this because you always run the risk. It's always going to keep degrading. Um, Mm -hmm. definitely ethanol is the enemy, right? To fuel storage. Um, if you have non-ethanol gas available to you, I know you have some available where you are up in New York usually, and we have some where I am now. And I mean, so it's around if you look, but it's, yeah, out of 20 gas stations, I know one has non-ethanol, you know, fuel, Mm -hmm. but right. And you're going to pay a premium, you know, you're like paying, you know, the higher octane kind of price for mm-hmm. it. But um, so anyway, with that gas that you're going to store, buying that will, you know, 
extend the life dramatically. But still, if you're planning on a year and a half or God forbid, trying to get two years out of it, then you should be, you know, um, putting stabilizer stable in it, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then see what the stable says as far as the life of the gas. But I know if you're buying the non-ethanol, you're going to have way better odds than if you're going the other way for long-term storage. Um, I know like whenever I used to put gas in my boat, because, you know, who knows how long that gas is going to sit there. And it sucks in the springtime when you pull the boat out and you're ready to go and you're like, oh, the gas is all shit. And the boat, you know, holds a ton of gas and you'll have, you know, 30 gallons in there or something. And you're like, oh, what do I do now? You know, and that's, you know, something that's crucial to put the stable in there. And, you know, like I said, if you can now, as I'm going through the summer in the middle of the summer, I'm just using regular ethanol gas. But then I'll kind of run it down towards the end of the summer and, you know, go fill it up with non-ethanol and then add the stable. So that way I know I'm going to get a fresh start at a rate year, you know, next year or whatever. Now, I had mentioned a minute ago that I had a generator that has like a 20-gallon tank. Um, Realistically, I usually keep only about five gallons in there because of just that. You don't want your gas... I want to be able to add fresh gas to it. Now I have separate gas cans that I'm storing, but those I'm cycling through, you know, with the four wheeler, with the, with the uh, right. lawn mower. And, you know, even in the winter months, if I'm not using that, I'll usually dump them into a car after two or three months and then go grab, you know, go fill them up again. Um, mm-hmm. That's something to do now still, even, you know, though we had mentioned a year and a half or maybe a little more with the generator, mine has like kind of a hose and a a quick disconnect kind of thing. It's got a little shut off and a hose that feeds the motor where that hose, they were smart enough to make it, you know, like a foot long that I can actually drain it into, you know, a container and then go work that through the lawnmower or the car or whatever. And then, and I honestly, I do that at least once a year because I'm just too paranoid of leaving gas in there longer than that. I don't mm-hmm. want to be stuck with, you know, with things not working the way they should. Right. You so, got a $6,000 generator that, that can't run because the gas is old. Yeah. That's and, not the situation you want to be in. Yeah. And it just gums things up and, and makes things lousy. Um, diesel will last a lot longer. That's something you can store for, you know, you're going to be good for probably two years. But I don't know. That's up to you. You know what you do. You, you be yeah. you, right? Yeah. Um, now, there's there's two types of containers for for fuel, though. That's uh, okay. That are legitimate, legitimate idea, uh, legitimate uses. So there's a uh, underwriter laboratories. That's UL. You'll find these marked on your gas containers when you buy them. Then there's okay. a, a factory mutual. That's FM. Now there's requirements that that are met by all these containers um first one stability it has to remain stable at a 30 degree slope so you set it down on a on a hill it's not going to tip over on you um it's got to have a uh, have a requirement for leakage so uh when you hold it upside down this is kind of weird when you hold your gas can upside down when it's full it's supposed to leak no more than four drops in 10 minutes i don't know where they came up with that and I don't number. know where they bought that gas can because yeah. I haven't found I, it. Nope. Uh, 
it's strength that's supposed to be able to hold up to 25 PSI. Now remember, fuel expands and it evaporates in heat. So if you take your gas can outside, uh, you leave it in the sun, you fill up your mower, you leave it outside in the sun, it's going to expand and evaporate. And it's going to try and, you know, we've all come across, we've all found our gas cans like kind of blown up a little bit, blown out the side, expanded. You know, the idea is that it's not going to, it's not going to just leak out. It's not going to evaporate and just go right out the spigot. Um, so it's got to hold a minimum of, of 10 PS or 25 PSI. Now these cans also should be able to be exposed to fire. Um, what they do is they take these cans, they put it in a pan with an inch of water and an inch of gasoline on top. And then they'll light that gasoline on fire. And it's supposed to at least last eight minutes in direct contact with fire without melting the container itself. Nice. Um, all of them should have a flame arrestor so that the fuel can't back up or the fire can't back up into, into the can. Uh, we've all seen those videos of, of idiots with the gas can and, and they're splashing the gas can on the fire to try and get the fire, fire burning Who better. Who hasn't done that really? And it backs up and then the whole gas can's on fire and they're swinging it around. The whole yard's oh, on yeah, fire now. Yeah. So, and, and from experience, I can tell you that whole stop, drop, and roll thing does not work when you're covered in gasoline. Not in it gasoline. Just doesn't. No, not going to work. Uh, so, and it's also, these cans also have to stand up to a certain amount of abuse, which is a full oh. can dropped three feet on the concrete without breaking. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. So, yeah. So even if you're not going to store gas, get some gas containers so that you can store gas. And like okay. I said, don't go out and buy them this week, but don't go and buy them at a gas station because they're way marked up so that, you know, people that run out of gas have to spend $30, you know, for a one gallon container so they can walk down the street and, and fill their car back up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so plan ahead with that, you know, go to a hardware store, and, order them online. I mean, if, if you've already it. got one or two and actually Amazon, I know was pretty good for, I bought my diesel. Um, when I got the tractor, I didn't have, uh, you know, diesel containers, you know, they're supposed to be okay. yellow for diesel and whatever. Um, right. I didn't have those. And, you know, I mean, honestly, it, it just makes sense of, you know, having the different colors. So that way you don't put the gas in the lawn or the diesel in the lawnmower and, you know, vice versa. And, you know, those right. things would end badly. Um, so I bought them on Amazon and I ended up, I think I got three, five gallon cans shipped for like 80 bucks and, or no, sorry, it was four for 80 bucks. And just, oh, they're, they're so giant. Bad. I was like, Oh, that's all right. You know? And again, right now after the, you know, the big, everybody needs gas cans kind of thing, they might be a little bit higher, wait a month or two or five. But if you start searching that stuff, what I do is I usually put it on the wish list and then kind of scroll through and check the prices on the different things. Yeah, um, and Amazon's good because they'll send you alert an alert if something okay, drops. Okay, that thing you were watching is now five bucks cheaper, right? Um, mm-hmm. Next thing, um, think about budget. Think about how uh, you know you have your mortgage and you're going to go buy a house and you're like, hey, you know, whatever. Me, people want to buy. They're like. In our minds, we always assume we're going to make more money in the future and everything's going to be better and things are coming up. 
you always feel like I'm at the lowest point of my life as far as, you know, whatever. And, and the horizon is always better, right? We're taught to be mm-hmm. the optimist, but you don't buy, you don't, you know, when the mortgage company says, look, we've looked at everything and you can afford, you know, we'll say $200,000, right? But you don't necessarily go buy a $200,000 house, especially when you look at your budget you know what you spend your money on and you're like, man, that's going to be kind of tight that payment, but I guess we can do it. Cause you know, we really like those, what is it? Engineered hardwood floors or open concept or whatever the hell it is. Right. So you get excited about it, but you know what, man, if you could get that payment $200 a month cheaper, I mean, I guess it's really a percentage, you know, but if you can get it a little bit cheaper, you're prepared for your property taxes to go up the reassessment when you buy it, the, you know, Hey, everybody's just paying more. Hey, you lost your job. Hey, you know, all these things you need to plan for that. You shouldn't be living right on the edge. Um, And the same thing, you know, Hey, you know, your job could go away. It shouldn't, there's no reason to, but, you know, things turn up unexpected, you know, maybe COVID and your supplier just stop making, you know, all the things you need to put whatever you do together, or you know, whatever. Um, you work in a bakery or, uh, you know, work in a coffee shop that sells croissants and the croissant factory burns down. Well, then you're kind of out of a job, you know, I mean, things like that. Maybe the factory where you work burns down, you know, who knows? There's always the unexpected and you need to prepare. Um, one, you know, again, it depends on you and your situation. It depends on your expenses, but realistically you should work towards having a thousand dollars in cash set aside, you know, Mm -hmm. where you put a little, and you know what, even if that's $20 a week or whatever, and you just start saving it till you get there, I'm not saying you need to go get, you know, money right now. I'm saying just get there. Right. So you have the cash on hand for the unexpected. Um, you know, and something you need a contingency plan, you know, a backup, uh, having insurance is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, if you're like me, you have, you know, old cars and you're not required to have insurance on it cause I don't have a loan. And, you know, if I crash one, I'm kind of stuck, you know, now I have some extra vehicles cause I plan for that and different things I can drive and even, the same day-to-day stuff. If one breaks down, I have another car I can go drive. I'm not desperate, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, but also remember, I'm at a more established point in life, you know, where I'm a grown-up, you know? I've been there. I'm old. If I'm 20, no, I don't expect you to have a second car, you know? I mean, that's, it's all perspective, you know? I mean, you, (laughs) you do what you do, but have a contingency plan. Say, hey, if I'm wiped out by not having a car, do I have 1200 bucks and living in, you know, an area where I can go spend 1200 bucks and get a new car, you know, another car. Like that was kind of always my plan for a while was, all right, look, I have two grand and I can go get another car. If I have to, whatever happens, I can deal with it because there are $2,000 cars everywhere. Might not be awesome. Might not be pretty, but I can go get another one. And having that $2,000 I imagine pays for itself in what, probably two years versus having, you know, premium insurance, something like that. And then, you know, you still have $2,000 assuming you didn't crash your car. 
Um, but that's, it's just always have a, you know, contingency plan. Um, take into account, like I said, think of the Murphy's law, the unexpected will happen. You can't prepare for everything, but think of what's important, you know, focus on that. Spend some time like brainstorming and just come up with, Hey, you know, what, what's really important to me in my day? What do I need to keep my family going? What do I need to take care of everybody? And, you know, come up with alternatives or ways to fix or backups for these different things. And then kind of decide your risk tolerance, you know, decide what's, you know, what am I willing to live without and how much am I willing to gamble? You know, sometimes, you know, things happen, but you know, you take a chance, you know, it's worth it to me to get that better house that has the pool in the backyard. Cause you know what? I'm willing to take a chance and, you know, sometimes things blow up, but make sure you're somebody that can deal with when things blow up, you know, that's all you just place your bets and you hope for the best. And you know, that's the plan. You know, you just, you, you decide what's important, lay it out and have options to deal with things as they come up. But I think the big thing is staying calm, use your resources, you know, the people that you know, and, you know, work together and, you know, be willing to help people out. It turns out it goes both ways. You know, when you, uh, you know, when you, you help somebody else out, they might be a little more willing to help you out. So, oh, that's what I got on that. But, uh, anyway, uh, we do have some cool t-shirts, sweatshirts, cool things available to you. You can check those out at preppingbadass.com. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, find it helpful and, you know, want to support us, uh, you can, uh, support us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slant prepping badass. I believe the patches are coming. Kevin, is that a real thing? Yes, Um, sir. Maybe I I keep hearing about these mystery patches and you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, so if you're waiting, I know we've been promising they're going to come. Um, And then uh, what else? You got show topic ideas, questions, concerns, things you want to tell us. You want to thank us for giving you the heads up on that gas crisis because you downloaded the podcast last Sunday and we saved your ass because you were able to be ahead of the curve. Hey, you know, maybe you want to start supporting us on Patreon because it already paid for itself when we sent you out there to go get some gas last week. I'm just saying, you know. You have uh, questions, we have answers. That's all. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm.